This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay on Tuesday, March the 1st. And first today, it's emerged a dad who died in a crash in Headcorn along with three other members of his family was over the drink drive limit. Johnny Cash, who was 44, his 19-year-old son John Boy, Miles Cash, who was 25, and 19-year-old Jacko Cosgrove died when the Toyota Hilux they were travelling in left the road and hit a tree in October last year. Well, an inquest has heard two of the group who'd been on their way to watch a Tyson Fury fight had traces of a substance in their body which is a byproduct of cocaine. Our reporter Sean McPolin was at the inquest today for the Kent Online podcast. The inquest at Archbishop's Palace in Maystone was packed with family and friends of Johnny Cash, John Boy Cash, Jacko Cosgrove and Miles Cash. Coroner Patricia Harding heard from police that four of the five men in the car at the time were more than likely not wearing a seatbelt. The driver was over the drink drive limit and had been speeding in excess of 76 miles per hour. They also heard that weather conditions were fine, which was disputed by an angry family member who claimed that fog on the street at the time of the collision was so bad that you couldn't see in front of you. Sean, thank you ever so much. 15-year-old Jerry Cash survived the crash. He spent several months in a coma afterwards and was only discharged from hospital in January. Meantime, the area's MP, Helen Waitley, has called for improvements to the road and Kent Highways have said they will introduce a speed watch scheme in the village. Kent Online News. Next today, and as the fighting continues following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, we've been hearing from more people in Kent who are from the country or have family there. A professor at the University of Kent is calling on the UK government to scrap visas for those fleeing the fighting. Alina Nizalova's sister managed to cross the border with her two young sons. She initially found safety in Poland and has now managed to get to France. Alina has been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. I just saw my sister's state because she was already stressed with all the tensions and I saw that she wouldn't be able to make it by herself at all with the two children, all by herself, alone. I'm their only relative, but by the Home Office, by the UK law, we are not considered immediate family. So uh, there is no legal way for me to bring my sister here, which is really, really, you know, it's breaking my heart. Well, yesterday, Priti Patel told MPs that fully waiving visas is a security concern. However, she said an additional 100,000 Ukrainian refugees will be offered the chance to shelter in the UK, having fled the violence. Elsewhere, a military supply shop in Folkestone has become a hub for Ukrainians looking to support their country's resistance against the Russian invasion. Our reporter, Rhys Griffiths, has been there. Arriving at the yard in Folkestone yesterday afternoon, I was greeted by the sight of piles of military kit, boots, jackets, helmets, and in amongst them came a steady stream of Ukrainians who were desperately seeking supplies which they would be able to collect, purchase and then arrange to be transported back across Europe by van to those who are fighting on the front line against the Russian invasion. I spoke to one young man, 28-year-old Vitaly Vovchuk, who told me about why he was ready to take up arms against the aggressors. 
I know that in central London they um, complete one unit to heading to Ukraine. Right. To, yeah. yeah. So they need supplies, of course. Yeah. Uh, so we came here just to see what he have and to buy some supplies to Ukraine. We're also thinking to go ourselves, but because we haven't been in the army, and uh, now they need people who already know how to fight, how to have, how to hold their arms, all that stuff. So that's why we will keep an eye. And if they do tra or training centers, we will join them as soon yeah. as possible. So. And and how long have you lived in England? Do you live in London? Yeah. Where three years. London? Three years already. West London. Yeah. And did you come here for work or education or work? work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what do you do? Uh, Telehandler driver, big machinery, construction machinery. May I ask where you're from in Ukraine originally? Uh, Ternopil. Uh, it's a city on uh, West Ukraine. Not that. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's still now a safe place. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you have friends and family there. I assume yeah. 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 And and you know what has your reaction been in the last sort of week as this has has happened? You know, it must be very difficult being away from your homeland and seeing what's been happening. Exactly. We're trying to help us how we can to help. I mean, we registered on their social media, Russian social media, and just show them picture of what happened there just to help, somehow to help them to understand what happened. They can show Putin they not support him. So it can help us to stop uh, war as soon as possible. Because if you see the last pictures what happened in Kharkov, as I just destroying all the um, blocks where people live in. They just they don't fight against armies. They just fight against anyone, people, anyone. Mm. So that's why we just trying to support our army. We have to win this war and have to take our territory back, like Crimea and uh, occupied territory, because this is the, our chance. Like you can see now, it's the last days of Russia. It's it's end. It's end of the big country and it's coming to his end, yeah. like a Putin. He never thought it will happen like that. But yeah, we Ukrainians, we always know it's going to happen. And actually, that eight years we got uh, after he took Crimea, all the stuff, we've been preparing to fight. So they send in troops, young people who don't know how to fight, and we already prepared. Vitaly was just one of a number of young Ukrainians, men and women, who were traveling to Folkestone in the last few days looking for supplies. At present, the call for reinforcements in their homeland uh, is purely for those who have previous military experience. But universally, they all told me that they would, if it came to the worst, be prepared to go back to their homeland and take up arms in the resistance against the invasion. One of the Ukrainians I spoke to was from Dover, a 25-year-old photographer called Nastia Nizalova. And Nastia told me that she had friends and family who are still in Ukraine, uh, and she has been receiving messages from them as they uh, shelter from the bombardment. She said that what the people on the ground really need at the moment is bulletproof vests and helmets, but there is simply not enough of that kit available. Uh, and obviously those refugees who are fleeing the war also need equipment, uh, medical supplies, clothing, all these kind of things. But at this stage, she said, the real priority has to be helping the troops who are looking to repel 
the invasion. A Kent charity that supports children and adults with special needs in Romania is setting up accommodation there to help those fleeing Ukraine. Steve Cooper from Ashford runs Cry in the Dark and says they're hoping to house 25 families at their volunteer centre. Because of Covid um, over the last two years, we have a centre in Romania called Casa Elba, which is normally used for volunteers to come out to work in our projects or at our projects. And um, obviously it's not been really used to its full capacity for the last two years. And so both myself and my colleague Beth uh, decided, well, we could implement or we could use that facility to open up a refugee centre for these people who have been displaced at this terrible time from Ukraine. Um, We can't take hundreds there, but it was something we could do. And, you know, we, we could take, say, I don't know, 25 families and it's um, set in a really lovely spot as well. It'd be perfect. It's safe. Um, it's a lovely setting where it is for children, especially. Uh, we have a playground there. Uh, and believe it or not, our, our volunteer centre, which was a, our, um, it was a fire reserve tank, we actually had a swimming pool there as well. So to give these people a place where they can um, be cared for was part of our ethos really that's what we we started in the first place was to to care for those who who weren't being cared for and who were marginalized and these people are being pushed out and uh unfortunately they're being marginalized so the least we could do was offer our services so that's how we got involved um and then we decided to go through the official channels i had a zoom call with my director in romania romanian lady um mahela damatraki who's a brilliant woman actually um, and she's been in touch with the, um, or had a meeting with the prefect of the county in back, northeast uh, Romania in Bacau. And they've registered in our centre as one of the centres for refugees. We've put a fundraising page together on Just Giving. So really, we're, we're looking to raise as much money as we can and to, to provide food, medication, because we have medical people from our palliative and hospice care project. So we can provide medical care, we can provide you know, emotional care. And we can provide just general care for these people, food and shelter and warmth and a place that I hope would, would uh, they would feel loved and cared for. A Kent MP has been criticised for saying Russian people should be evicted from the UK. North Thanet Sir Roger Gale claims it would send a very harsh message to President Vladimir Putin. But he has clarified his comments today saying anyone with asylum status or who's married to a British citizen should be allowed to stay. He's also spoken in the Commons today about processing asylum claims for those fleeing the fighting. Women and children fleeing from Ukraine are seeking refuge from a war in a European country that is a member state of the Council of Europe, of which we also are. So we have a clear duty towards them. I've listened to my right honourable friend with great interest, and I shall study with care her proposals for a humanitarian sponsorship pathway. In East Kent, we have a team of people ready, willing and able to take cars and coaches to the Polish border to bring people home to Britain. We have, as she knows, a processing centre at Manston Barracks capable of dealing with those people. Can we do, please, as we did in 1956 and 1968, cut through the red tape and get these people home so that their menfolk fighting and dying on the streets of Kiev can at least know that their women and their children are safe. Yeah. Well, my friend, absolutely. 
I think he, he summarises the situation very, very clearly and in the right way. That is exactly what we are doing. And in terms of creating the pathways and the routes, this also means, Mr Speaker, working with countries in the region. And that is, that is taking place right now, and it has been, that dialogue with the Polish government, the Czech government, the Hungarian government, because we are working with them through the FCDO and the rapid deployment teams that are in-country and have been in-country in terms of how we can get people out of the region that want to come to the UK and need to be sponsored or through the routes that we have outlined. Those mechanisms are in place. I think it's really important to recognise as well, Mr Speaker, I mean, this does come back to the actual situation on the ground, and not just in Ukraine, but in those countries that are receiving refugees right now. It is very difficult. They have capacity and constraint issues as well. And it is the British government, along with other combined aspects of the government, FCDO, the MOD, Home Office teams, all our teams are absolutely surging capacity to assist those governments at this very difficult time. An exchange there between Sir Roger Gale and Home Secretary Priti Patel. Another Kent MP's travelled to Ukraine to witness the war effort for himself. Gravesend's Adam Holloway says people are determined to fight the Russian invasion. He's also described seeing thousands of refugees queuing at the border point with Poland, spending days in the cold as they wait to cross. You can get updates on the latest diplomatic situation by heading to the national pages of Kent Online. We've also put together a story showing how you can show support for the people of Ukraine, whether that's via donating money or taking goods to those collecting them to send to the country. Just head to the website to find out all of the details. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A man who sexually assaulted two teenagers in Kent and Sussex has been jailed for 13 years. Scott Mucklow carried out some of the attacks at a property in Lyd. The 29-year-old from Denham Way in Camber in Sussex will also be on the sex offenders register for life. A burglar who stole £44,000 worth of jewellery from a store in Tunbridge Wells before making off on an e-scooter has been jailed. Frederick Webb smashed several glass cabinets at the shop on the High Street last October. The 36-year-old from Vicarage Road has been sentenced to almost two and a half years. Police are hunting a man who's accused of being racist at an M&S store in Sevenoaks. He reportedly abused another customer in London Road. At Kent Online, you can see CCTV images of the suspect. Now, new powers to try and stop so-called boy racers in Dartford have been given the go-ahead. Police are going to be given more powers to break up late-night car meets, which often lead to racing on Crossways Boulevard. Now, that's a road linking the Dartford crossing to Blue Water. People living in the area say the noise keeps them awake at night and they fear it won't be long before someone is hurt. Among them is resident Katie Lynch. It affects thousands of us. It, it keeps us awake at night. So my, my mum lives in Worcester Park and she, she can't sleep at night. She can't uh, open her windows. Uh, sometimes this goes on to one, two o'clock in the morning. You've got parents whose children are woken up by it, not to mention how dangerous it is, and, and it's only a matter of time before someone gets hurt. Just tell me a little bit about what action is now being taken or what action you hope uh, should be taken. So this has been going on for over five years. We're calling for our MP to bring together all of the relevant parties, so that's Kent Police, uh, Kent County Council and Dartford Borough Council, to really provide like a holistic solution to this problem. Um, and, and he's the, the person with the influence that we need. Uh, if everybody could really just sign our petition um, 
they can share on social media the images of this nuisance vehicles. They can send them directly to Peter Harmon at his Kent County Council email address. Uh, or they can tag the Residents Association Facebook page and just really keep raising awareness of this issue that the um, protection order goes some way to addressing, but it's a small part of a much wider problem of resourcing in our area that needs to be addressed. Peter Harmon is chair of Swanscombe and Greenhithe Residents Association. They've been working hard to try and tackle the problem. This has been a problem for our residents for oh, five years now. The SGRA has been working on it. Um, it, 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 there's the safety issue of cars racing around up to 80 miles an hour on the dual carriageway outside. There's a real safety issue there and then on top of that it's keeping residents awake and causing disturbance to their way of life. And the Residents Association has been working really hard trying to get this matter solved. Uh, we're making some progress and thanks to Dartford Borough Council for bringing in the PSPO, that's great news. Uh, but it's a small part of the puzzle really that we need to get things done. Both Katie and Peter have been speaking to our reporter Sean Delaney. The area is now covered by a public space protection order as they mentioned and that means people can be banned from going there for up to 48 hours. Kent Online reports. Year six pupils and their parents in Kent are finding out today which secondary school they'll be going to in September. Really nervous wait, I'm sure it's been. 95% have received an offer from one of their four preferred schools and nearly 80% this time around have got into their first choice. Now that's an increase from about 70% last year, so a huge increase. Emails are being sent out to those anxious parents throughout today. And this is also going to be the topic of discussion on the lowdown, which will be on our Facebook Live this evening. If you have a child of any age at school actually we'd love to know what you think about the number of school places available in the county do you have concerns or perhaps you do have a year six pupil have you managed to get into your first choice you can leave us a comment you can also watch the program and maybe question our panel of experts when it's on from six tonight rail fares have gone up today for kent's commuters and it's the biggest hike in nearly a decade the 3.8 percent rise means an average season ticket from ramsgate to london will now cost a whopping £6,174. That's £226 more than last year. It's feared it'll add to the cost of living crisis and put people off wanting to return to offices in the capital following the pandemic. Bruce Williamson is from the campaign group Rail Future. Very few people this year are lucky enough to get an income increase of 3.8%. You know, people are struggling to heat their homes, and I don't understand why the government wants to take even more money off them for the privilege of taking the train to try and earn a living. A dog described as looking like a bag of bones when she was found at a house in Canterbury is now thankfully on the mend. You might remember we told you in a previous podcast about American bulldog Daisy May and nine of her starving puppies that were rescued last month. Sadly, one of those puppies did die after being taken into care by a charity, but most have now shown huge improvements. In fact, you can see the pictures of them and some incredibly cute video at Kent Online. The former HMV store in Canterbury's Whitefriars shopping centre is being taken over by a national furniture retailer. The Cotswold Company will start moving into the two-storey building on the corner of Marlow Arcade and Castle Street next week. HMV closed its branch in January after more than 20 years at the site. Becky Hill's been on our sister radio station KMFM talking about her new 
new single, Run, which she reckons is her best yet. She was on the hit list with Numi last night and told her how it came about. I had the lyrics and the melody and I took it into my best friend, Emanike, and, and sang him the idea and, and me and him built a song around it and um, sent it back to Galantis. They absolutely loved it. I begged them to be a feature on my record and, um, and here we are. If you missed the chat, you can listen to the full thing at kmfm.co.uk. And it's been confirmed a new museum celebrating Kent's mining history will open in time for the Easter holidays. £1.7 million has been spent on the Kent Mining Museum at Betshanger Country Park. It'll be free to go in when the doors open on April the 2nd. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. All you need to do is head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.